This is the Feminine Genius Podcast, a podcast that celebrates all women of God and their unique genius. I'm your host, Rachel Wong. At one point in her life, Teresa Ambat made up her mind to go into bioengineering. But when she didn't get accepted into the program, Teresa found herself diving deeper into a part of her life that at one point maybe she only considered as a hobby, which was music. By the grace of God, Teresa ended up changing her major and now spends a lot of her time writing music and sharing it with others. For her, music is much more than fame or money. It's her way of connecting with God and bringing Him to others. In this episode, Teresa and I talk about how she got her start in music, the impact of her university's Newman Center on her faith journey, and how a message from Mary helped her learn more about her personal feminine genius. Hi, Teresa. Hello. How are you? I'm good. I am doing very well. How are you? I am doing well also. Thank you. It's always such a joy to chat with you just because like obviously you're a wonderful person and a human being, but I know that we also are in the same time zone. We're actually very, very close. (laughs) Yes. You know, all things considered. So it's just great to be with you today. I know. It's so like nice to not have to put PST (laughs) after like the time. It's like, oh, I'll I'll talk to you at 730. I'm like, it's 730. 730. There we go. Yeah, but thank you for having me. I'm so stoked to be here and I love your podcast and also just like you as a person and getting to know you as a friend. And so I'm just so honored to be here right now. Oh, that's very sweet of you. I'll share with listeners that how I came to meet Teresa and and of course her lovely co-hosts Lorraine and Emma because of the fact that she co-hosts a wonderful podcast called Clumsy Candid Catholics and I know we're going to be chatting about that today but I just want to give a plug for it right from the jump that it's a wonderful podcast it's so much fun to listen to so please go ahead and subscribe to it you can listen to it wherever you know I'm getting ahead of myself we'll chat about it afterwards but again <laughs> welcome to the show today Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Okay. Maybe for starters, Teresa, would you mind introducing yourself and sharing a little bit about what you do right now? Yeah. Well, if you haven't heard already, I'm Teresa. <laughs> I'm a 22-year-old music producer, composer, and sound designer. I'm based in Seattle, Washington. Just graduated from college, so I'm a I'm a fresh baby adult, sort of, <laughs> I guess. But I just recently started my freelance career in music production back in, I think, July of this mm-hmm. year. So only a couple of months I've been doing this. But basically, I compose music for films. I've been doing stuff for podcasts. Right now, I'm sound designing for this Catholic theater company called The Merry Beggars and a lot of things like that. And in the future, I'm hoping to do video game music. I think that would be a dream for me. But yeah, music has just been a huge part of my life. I write my own songs and before COVID, did a couple of shows and whatnot. And so that's been a really big joy. But it's only a part-time thing. I work full-time for a parish nearby. But I think the core of what I love to do is just sharing beauty and sharing Christ with others through that beauty and... Yeah, I just love music and creating things. So. That's awesome. 
Yeah, it's so beautiful. And I mean, it's it's just such a tangible and beautiful thing to share with other people, right? I mean, like any type of art or creativity for you and the work that you do, being able to share different projects that other people can listen and take in. And like you're saying, in maybe a pre-pandemic world, we were able to take mm. in musical performances and stuff. So just to be there and witness you in your element and sharing your talents, it's just so awesome. So thank you for Thanks. what you do. <laughs> yeah, no problem. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> <laughs> my pleasure. My pleasure. So I wanted to hear about your personal faith journey and how it is that you've come to maybe know Christ in the way that you know now. That is a great question. Well, I'm a cradle Catholic, so I was born into a Filipino Catholic family, and I'm an only child. Most of my family is in the Philippines, but yeah, I grew up, you know, relatively close to the faith. You know, we went to Mass every Sunday, and I got involved with all the church things, did altar serving and choir and stuff. But I think there was something lacking in my faith up until college, really. Because, yeah, I was really involved with the church when I was younger, doing all these things. But I think the thing that was lacking was a relationship with God. And I think mm -hmm. a lot of people can relate to that. But... For me, it was like, I knew that I could have a relationship with God. This was in high school. I knew that I could have a relationship with God, but I didn't know that I played an active role in that relationship. That sounds kind of dumb because it's like, okay, a relationship. Both of you are playing a part in this. But I had this misconception that my relationship with God is just me praying and asking for things to happen and then him giving them to me. And... Mm -hmm. What is missing from that is like, I also give to God and mm -hmm. I just did not really comprehend that up until I went to college. And so when I did go to college, this was in 2016. So I went to the University of Washington in Seattle. Seattle is a very secular city and University of Washington, we call it UW, is a very secular school. And so... Uh, I was like, oh, you know, I should probably find a church nearby and keep up my faith and stuff. I really was just looking for a place to go to mass. But then I found this place called the Catholic Newman Center. I was like, oh, this is a cute little church. I'll probably <laughs> go to mass and that's it. I'm not going to do anything else. So the Catholic Newman Center, for people who might not know what a Newman Center is, it's basically a Catholic church that is placed near a public university. And it is just a place for college students to really grow in their faith and go to mass and just be in community with each other. It's very much catered for young adults and college students. And so when I saw these college students who were like on fire for God and seemed to have it all together and they're just so holy, I was like, what the heck is, what is this? <laughs> And so I just got to know them and really what drew me so close to that community was just people's vulnerability and mm -hmm. seeing other young people express their hardships in their faith and express their love for God despite that. That was just something that I had never really encountered growing up. I ended up getting more involved at the Newman Center, took on a lot of leadership roles, and I think that was just where God was really working in my life. Honestly, I could go on about that place because that was four years of my life. And mm -hmm. I think there was a lot of growth that happened in those moments, but especially really helped me to cultivate my love for music and how to connect my love for music with my faith and how they're not two separate things in my life. They're actually 
in tandem with each other. And God really wants me to share that with him. And so, yeah, this place just lit this fire in my heart for evangelization and for sharing truth, beauty, and goodness with other people. And I don't know where I would be without it. So honestly, I feel like everything I just said was just about the Newman Center. (laughs) I'm just putting in a plug for that place because it's really awesome, but it has really shaped my life, Mm. my faith. So yeah, no, that's really wonderful. And I mean, it just goes to show the beauty and also the real need for community, especially mm-hmm. for young adults in such turbulent times, like no matter who you are, no matter where you go to school, you know, everything that you just described is very similar to my own university experience. And and funnily mm-hmm. enough, you mentioned that you started university in 2016. And I think it was the tail end of 2016, where I had encountered a Catholic community myself, I was already maybe oh, partway nice. through my university degree at that point, but had a real conversion and turn of heart. And it was really all thanks to this group called Catholic Christian Outreach. So it's Mm -hmm. kind of like our Canadian equivalent of a focus. And yeah, just it's so integral because even the Lord told us that we shouldn't be practicing the faith on our own. Like he sent his disciples out two by two. So there's Mm -hmm. that real need for us to journey with one another. And I, I find that to be so beautiful in what you just described. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Community is so important, especially as a young adult Mm -hmm. and especially like during this college time, because that's like the first time where you're just kind of on your own. And you're Mm -hmm. if you grew up Catholic, you know, your family isn't going to be there to take you to mass. You have to make a choice in this moment. And I think especially I don't know if this was your same experience at your university, but with being in Seattle and being at UW, you know, you really do have to make a choice I love the school and I love Seattle and I love the community, but you can tell that there's a need for God Mm -hmm. in this society and it can be hard to go against the grain. But this tiny little hub that was the Catholic Newman Center amidst this giant 40,000 student campus was just like, this is the place that can really help to cultivate that and help you to go against the grain and be a soldier for Christ. Absolutely. BC, where I'm based here, we share a coastline, of course, and it's so beautiful to be part of the Pacific Northwest. But it Mm -hmm. just makes me think of, you know, the way that you described it, right? Like a hub. It's kind of like a lighthouse that we might see on on our coast. And it's just for so many people, no matter who you are, it's that center, the Catholic Newman Center for you. It was like just a place to guide you home where you knew that, okay, Jesus is there and you can go and you can really grow in your faith. And it sounds like it's done so much more for you particularly what you described about how it connected for you, your faith, as well as your music. And I'm really glad that you touched on that just because that's exactly where I wanted to go. And I wanted to hear about if music had always been a huge part of your life. Did you grow up playing instruments or, you know, what was that experience like? Yeah, music has always been a part of my life. I think I was like seven or something. My dad bought me this tiny little toy guitar. Yeah, I grew up with music. I loved to sing and write songs ever since I was a kid. I think when I was like in middle school, I wanted to audition for American Idol. Like I <laughs> I wanted to go and like be a singer and do all the things. But then in high school was when I was starting to get more interested in audio engineering and production. And that was when I released my first EP called Toy Guitar, which is actually mm-hmm. based off of my first guitar. And so... Yeah, I think late high school, I was really wanting to do audio engineering and do music production. And so I was looking into schools that would offer something like that. But 
you know, societal pressures and pressures from individuals in my life kind of made me feel like, you know, maybe this isn't practical, you know, Mm -hmm. maybe I need to go and be like all my other friends who are pursuing something more prestigious. And so I ended up going to UW to study bioengineering, which I don't know. Actually, no, I do know why I chose it. It was a really dumb reason. When I was applying for colleges, I was looking at Stanford's website and I saw this article about this prosthetic limb that could like sense touch. I was like, "Ooh, that's cool. Prosthetics. I'm going to do bioengineering. And so I made this decision. In like 10 seconds, like I'm going to do bioengineering, like everyone's going to think I'm super cool and like all of my family is going to be like, yeah, she's going to do bioengineering. And then I took my first chemistry exam and Mm I got 20% below average. Oh no. Which was a big slap in the face. And then I also took my first bioengineering seminar and Mm -hmm. I just wanted to cry because I was like, I don't want to do that. (laughs) I was listening to these professors talk about their work and I was like you know that's really cool but I that sounds really miserable to me (laughs) to have to do that so maybe I shouldn't for I think two more years into college I was still so stuck in this mindset of wanting to do engineering because Mm -hmm. I was scared I was looking for that security and that prestige but there was always something that was just pulling me to music and I could never shake it off like it just would not go away and I tried to like argue with myself of like, oh, I could do this field. It seems kind of like music. Like I wanted to do electrical engineering. It's like, oh, that's related to like music tools and stuff. And then, oh, I could do physics, you know, sound waves have physics. (laughs) And so I was trying to like find an excuse to do these more STEM things and connect it to music. But I just felt in my heart that God was asking me to let go and completely say yes to music. Wow. That happened when I was taking on this leadership role for my Newman Center, and I was in San Jose in California. I was on my way to this Catholic leadership conference called the Dominican Institute for Student Ministers. It's called DISM. As I was driving to that conference, I got an email saying that I had been rejected by the College of Engineering. I was like, oh, "Oh, okay, well... Whatever. This is a door closed. I'll figure it out later. And then, you know, went through this really amazing conference, met a lot of really great student leaders. And at the last night, one of the priests asked me if I wanted to sing for adoration. And the song that he asked me to sing was an Audrey Assad song. It's called Drawn to You. I remember prior to this, I was just so angry with God because... At the time, I was going through some spiritual drought and not really receiving anything in prayer. And I remember before this, you know, I was in adoration and I was just kind of yelling at God. And I was like, Mm. you haven't given me any gifts. Like you gave all my friends these amazing gifts and they can hear you clearly in prayer and they're receiving all of these consolations. Why haven't you given me anything? You gave me nothing. And then at benediction, we were singing... Tantu Marigo. And as I was singing, my voice just like cracked. And I felt in my heart, I felt God saying, what if I took this away from you, your voice? I was like, no, 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 please don't take this away from me. He's like, don't you see that I have given you something? Like I gave you this gift. 
how could you say that you have nothing when I've given this gift to you, this gift mm-hmm. of music? And I was like, oh my gosh, like, how could I have just thrown this at God? And like, how could I have just taken this gift and kind of stomped it on the ground? And so later on, yeah, going to that conference at Adoration where I was singing that Audrey Assad song, I just like felt God telling me like, this is what you're meant to do. This is what I've called you to. Like all of those slight pulls and all of those doubts towards engineering, that was all me asking you to just let go. I was like, okay, I guess I'll do that. And then I ended up changing majors. I actually created my own major. But after that, I started to write more of my own music because I hadn't done that for a while. And I wrote my album, Midnight in the Chapel, which Mm. was just a huge blessing for me. And I think I really started to grow in music when I was living at the Newman Center because God was really inviting me to just share my work with him. And I think that has been really integral in my life is just using music to bring people close to God. And I remember there was actually a show that I performed at and there was a girl there and I knew of her vaguely. Usually when I do my shows, I like to share a little bit of my testimony and say like, hey, I'm Catholic and this is the way that God is working in my life. And then a few weeks later, this same girl, she asked me, like, can I go to mass with you? I left the church for a very long time and I want to go to mass. Sadly, it was during COVID, so we couldn't actually go to mass. And so I was really sad about that. But I don't know, God has really worked his way into this gift and into my life. Mm -hmm. And so I'm really grateful for that. That is really wonderful. And the first thing that comes to mind is, you know, it's that question and maybe even an insecurity that I think a lot of us have, maybe especially as women, we feel like we see everything else taking off or happening, whatever happening looks like, but at least like something tangible happening for other people. And then we kind of look back at ourselves and we're just like, okay, so God, what do you want me to do? Or how am I supposed to live my life for Mm -hmm. you? Or, you know, just stuff like that. So that moment where something as innocent as a voice crack even yeah, And that can totally relate, certainly, like having those moments when you sing and just something happens and you're like, oh, man, and then you're just thinking about <laughs> it for the rest of the night. But even something as simple as that, like, I love how you were able to use that as a moment of prayer and how God was able to speak to you, even through like those simple, maybe seemingly like pedestrian moments mm-hmm. where you could have just thrown it away and kind of bypassed it and been like, oh, like, whatever, maybe I'll do better next time. But, mm-hmm. you know, I love how that was kind of a turning point for you where you were able to see through God's eyes that, no, you have a gift that he's given to you. And in fact, you're very, very good at it. And this is something Mm -hmm. that you can use for his greater glory. So that's really wonderful. Yeah, thank you. I think that's a huge thing that really the Newman Center helped me to learn is like, you know, when you're discerning something like your college major or a job, we think a lot about What's going to make us a lot of money? Or what are things that I like? What am I good at? What's going to get me a job? But, you know, how often do we ask God what he is expecting from us in those decisions, especially with like a college major? Because people tend to be like, oh, just pick something. But I think it's really important to ask God, what do you think? And especially as a creative, there's this tendency to want to ask others what they think or like share your post now with the world and Instagram and stuff. But I think, you know, we have to take a pause sometime and and share it with God first. So Mm -hmm. we seek the approval of others and we kind of just 
base all of our decisions and expectations and goals off of that. But then to really take that time to slow down and scale back and really Mm -hmm. place it in his hands. And for us even to stand back and look at it objectively, because I think it's one thing to recognize when you do have a talent and when you when you know that you're good at something and you know that this is something that maybe God has anointed. But I can also recognize we can get so caught up in what we think we should be doing or riding that wave of feeling like, man, everything is great and I'm doing amazing and we're just going on the up and up. But then we forget, or at least I forget many times to ask God that very simple question that you're asking, like, God, what do you think about this right now? Mm -hmm. I'm glad that you brought up Catholic creatives just because I wanted to touch on that with you. For you, how have you seen your role evolve as a Catholic creative and particularly in this area of music, of Mm -hmm. sound design? I find your work to be extremely unique and I don't see very many folks like you around. So I I think it's really great. Like you've really carved out an amazing niche for yourself. But yeah, like how have you seen your position as a Catholic creative evolve? Oh, that's a really good question. I guess I never really expected myself to really start this freelance business. I'm honestly really shook with how much, I don't want to use the word success, but progress I've made in, I guess, building a brand or, you know, kind of getting my name out there with Catholic creatives and finding gigs and clients and stuff. It all happened like so fast. And really, it's the Lord's work here. I mean, graduating from college, I always just was very quiet about my gifts, I guess. And just being like, you know, I just want to make music for God and like perform at a couple of shows and make my own music. But then it it kind of occurred to me later on, like, you know, what if I made music for other people to help people Mm. build their own brands or make their films and just bring their stuff to life? What I love about music and about sound is just it just adds so much emotion to a film or a video game or whatever, you know, media that you're consuming. I think Mm -hmm. something about music is that it's just so intimate. And I don't know how to explain why it's so intimate. It just is. It goes back to that whole thing with my discernment to choose music is like, I'm doing this for the greater glory of God. That's Mm -hmm. the sole thing. I'm not doing this to make money. You don't do music to make money. That's just not a thing. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I'm not doing it for prestige or because people are going to think of me in a certain way. I'm doing this because this is the way that I feel so connected with the Lord. And I just feel so convicted by that. God has really worked in this gift for me. And I see it in other people when they tell me about how they like my music or the way that it relates to their stories. That is the biggest way that I've grown as a Catholic creative is just understanding that my gift for music and my faith are together. They're not separate things. Mm. Amen. And what a beautiful gift to be able to share. I mean, like you said, it's something that is so tangible. And I love how definitive you were, like absolutely no question. There's just something intimate about music and can't describe it, but there just is. And you're just going to have to believe me on that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So obviously, like aside from this music that you do and you do a wonderful job at it, I want to jump back to something that I opened this podcast up with. You are also a fellow podcaster. (laughs) So you have Clumsy Candid Catholics, and it's a monthly podcast that you do with your friends, Emma and Lorraine, 
like I said, one of the things that really drew me to it was, I believe, and maybe you can share who it is that did the artwork, but the artwork is, you know, your typical cup noodles. So an homage to college life and college culture. So the ramen noodles or the cup noodles, but clumsy candid Catholics, how did that come about? Oh, yeah, it came about during quarantine like many podcasts have during this year. <laughs> so, I mean, just to give a shout out to the artist who created our artwork, her name is Olivia DaCosta. She's mm. actually somebody who also is at the Newman Center and goes to UW. She's a sophomore, so we met her when she was a little freshman, but I found that she makes this amazing art. And I was like, oh my gosh, do you want to do our podcast art? And she's like, yeah. And she made this beautiful cup noodle. <laughs> It's gorgeous. <laughs> but how it started was, so when we went into quarantine and like this COVID, you know, started here in, in the U.S., so Lorraine and I were on our evangelization and outreach team for our Newman Center, and Emma was the president of our student ministry team. And so we were trying to figure out ways, like, how can we, like, evangelize to college students during this time when we can't go out and meet people? And mm -hmm. I was like... What if we did some sort of Ascension Present style thing, but catered toward college students? But then we felt like that was too much work because you have to script it and then you have to do right. the video editing. And then, you know, if you make a mistake, you got to do it over again. So we're like, ah, oh, that seems like a lot. And then we're like, what if we did a podcast? Because we all live together, the three of us. And we're like, you know what? That gives us an excuse to just talk. I mean, we talk all the time, so might as well record it. So we call ourselves Clumsy Candid Catholics because we are really clumsy and we're really candid. If you haven't listened to our podcast, we're very chaotic. You might be a little bit alarmed. Maybe your blood pressure will go up when you listen. Oh. But I promise that we're fun, or at least I think we're fun. But we just wanted to create this environment of being young and being Catholic and talking about, you know, what are the joys, what are the struggles in a way that is just candid, you know. We don't want to act like we're all wise and all knowing because we're not, but we just wanted to like share our experience and let other college students know that, hey, we are also in the struggle of being young and not really knowing what the heck we're doing, but we can always walk toward Jesus. And so that's how that came to be. It really is fun. Like you're not imagining it, Teresa. Like, you guys are really fun to listen to. But just some incredible topics that you all have talked about, like I'm just kind of looking through right now. Like, you know, you've talked about Mary, our mother, of course, and how to combat toxic university culture and mm. finding Catholic community, striving for sainthood. All of these incredible topics that are very integral to our faith and I think it's something that, like you're saying, we have these conversations, I think, anyway. And it's funny that you say that you're having the conversation, so you might as well just record it, because I know that I've had that conversation with so many other friends as well. Mm -hmm. You know, we'll just come out of a good conversation, and we're like, man, <laughs> why didn't we record that? We're like, know. we could be the next <laughs> abiding together. <laughs> I see that as you three. It's like, this Aww. is, you know, abiding together, watch out. I like, <laughs> yeah, know, watch out, clumsy candy Catholics. I feel like that's a tongue twister. We didn't really think about like how easy that title would be to say. Because I don't even say clumsy candy Catholics. I usually say just like clumsy candid. Anyway, yeah. yeah. Now that all three of you have obviously graduated, 
how does that change the dynamic? Because I know that, like you said, you kind of started it in quarantine and I know it's a bit of a unique situation to be in. And of course, like all of us are COVID grads. So how does that change the dynamic of the podcast? It actually doesn't change anything. I think we're, you know, the three of us, me, Emma and Lorraine, we've all been like best friends since freshman year of college. Zoom doesn't really change anything. Yeah, we used to live together and so it was a lot easier to record and stuff. But I think we just love each other so much and you know we always have that same energy that zoom doesn't really change anything which is such a blessing oh my gosh oh well that's wonderful so listeners please do go check that out like i will be sure to do all the necessary links and where to find this podcast at the show description and the show notes but Teresa, I think maybe just as we think about this conversation that we've been having, your interest and your love for music and how that ties in so deeply to your faith in the lens of this podcast, the Feminine Genius Podcast, and your own Feminine Genius, mm-hmm. how have you seen that develop throughout your life? Yeah, I actually found a way that all these things connect, which is great. You know, my Feminine Genius, I think that's something that I'm still learning now. Mm -hmm. And it's something that's understanding what it means to be like a woman of God has been a very recent thing for me. Mm -hmm. I would say my junior year of college. So maybe about two, two years ago, actually. And I, you know, for most of my life, I had always struggled with understanding what does it mean to be a woman? I struggled with this concept of femininity. And I had this misconception that femininity means you dress like this, or you have long hair, or you're really girly. And Especially with relationships, you know, in college, I wasn't really interested in a relationship and it felt like, oh, if I'm not desiring the vocation of marriage, then I'm not a woman. Mm. But I think that really started to change for me my junior year of college when I was writing my album, Midnight in the Chapel. It's called Midnight in the Chapel because I recorded it at midnight in the chapel because I lived at the Newman Center. That was an amazing thing just to actually physically be able to invite the Lord into my work. And two of the last songs on the album, one of them is Woman and the other one is Message from Mary. Woman is about this moment in adoration that I had my junior year and I was talking to Mary. And this was kind of like the first time that I was talking to her in prayer, but I was really angry because I was Mm. like, Mary, you are the perfect woman. Can you just tell me how to be a woman? Like, what does that mean? I don't know what that means. No one has ever showed me what that means. I just don't understand. And in the middle of that, my friend asked me to borrow my rosary. And so I I handed her my rosary. And then I continued to yell at Mary. And I was like, just show me. What does it mean to be a woman? Like, I don't get it. Just tell me. Don't leave me behind. And after maybe 10 minutes of yelling at her, not literally, like in my mind, you know, and just imagine like a girl just like scream in the chapel. In a chapel. (laughs) After about 20 minutes, my friend was done praying her rosary and she hands the rosary back to me. And I look in her hand and I look at the rosary and I just feel Mary like very gently say, just take my hand. And so... I took the rosary and in my head, I saw this image of me and my mother Mary hand in hand, just walking along this path. And I didn't say anything, but she was like, you are woman enough. You are a woman and you know what it means to be a woman and I'm going to guide you. And so 
Relating back to the two songs that I mentioned, Woman and Message from Mary, woman is very much this kind of cry of desperation of what does it mean to be a woman? Will somebody just show me? I don't know. I feel alone. And this is kind of angry and very sad. And then it transitions into Message from Mary, which is very gentle. And it's Mary reaching out her hand to me and saying, like, I will show you what it means to be a woman. And since then, you know, I've really developed my relationship with Mary. And she showed me so much about the feminine genius and what it really means to be a woman of God, because it's like, you know, femininity has very little to do with how you look or how you dress or who you are interested in or who you want to have a relationship with. And it has solely to do with your heart and how you love. And Mary is just this image of humility and also strength and courage and so much compassion. And so since then, I've just really learned more about my own heart and in uniting my own heart with the Holy Family really helps me to understand what is my role as a woman of God. So, yeah. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And what comes to mind just as you're saying that in this relationship that you now have with Mary is just the fact that John Paul II, in his letter to women, he says the church sees Mary in the highest expression of the feminine genius, and she, the church, finds her a source of constant inspiration. Mm-hmm. And that is so true, right? I mean, I think that sometimes for a lot of us, we get so bogged down and caught up in the fact that, you know, how could we possibly compare ourselves to Mary because she was conceived and born without sin and she was literally the perfect woman. So how can we even stand a chance? But I think just as you're alluding to, it's her humility and her character, her loving nature, her tenderness, her receptivity and generosity, like all these traits that we talk about that make up the feminine genius, all of that any woman can embody to some level. And because each of us have varying levels or varying gifts, varying talents, that doesn't make us any less than another. But it just goes to show that it takes all of us to really make up for other people and for other people to make up for what we lack. Mm. So yeah, yeah, that's just a beautiful reflection. And I just want to thank you for that. Yeah, of course. You were spitting fire right there. (laughs) Yeah, you know, I loved what you said about like every woman is called to be a woman of God and to follow in Mary's footsteps. And I think especially with things like motherhood, you know, a lot of women can feel like, oh my gosh, I'm not enough of a woman if I'm not a physical mother. But it's like, Mm -hmm. no, every woman is called to motherhood. And it is exactly what you said. It's about that sensitivity to others and that desire to care for other people. And I've been able to find aspects within myself that hold true to what it means to be a mother when it comes to my friends or my work and the people I interact with. And it's a blessing. So, yeah. So, Teresa, thank you so much for your time today and for sharing your beautiful wisdom and your gift of music and a little bit of your heart. But before I ask you to close in prayer, I want to share the fact that as we're recording this, this will be the first episode that will come out in the new year. And what listeners probably have noticed is that the music has changed up a little bit. (laughs) So I hope that you were all like listening and tuning in and be like, hmm, like something's a little different here. So I wanted to mention that Teresa is the one that composed and put this music together. And I'm so, so grateful for you and for what you're doing and for taking on this project. And I was just wondering if you had anything to say or anything to share about what inspired you about Mm. the project, like an artist statement, so to speak. 
Yeah. yeah. I mean, I was so glad when you asked me. I was like, oh my gosh, heck yeah, I want to do that. Well, I mean, I kind of just worked with what vibe you were going for. You know, you talked about the celebrating the diversity of women. And my personal music taste, I really like a lot of funky music. I'm into R&B and stuff. So I kind of want to incorporate those things. And I just wanted this track this is how I imagine it. Like when you're listening to it, you're kind of like bopping your head. You're like, yeah, this mm-hmm. is cool. And then the beat drops and then you're like raising your hands in the air and you're just like, you have your head to the sky and you're like, oh my gosh, God is good. Like, yes, I'm a woman. Yeah. Like, this is beautiful. And so that was like what I was going for, you know, celebrating diversity of women. You're just dancing with all your girlfriends, praising God. <laughs> no one can see me right now, but I have my hands in the air right now. <laughs> so I love that. Oh, that's so beautiful. And I can't thank you enough for saying yes and for putting up with my non-suggestions because I am probably <laughs> the worst person to work with when it comes to these kinds of things. Like, you know, people suggest things and I'm just like, uh, I like it. (laughs) I don't know any better. So thank you. And I really hope that that does come through for people. I know that it does for me. It's just such a joy to have a little bit of you in your heart just for the long haul. And I mean, thank you, Teresa. Thank you. Of course, Rachel. Yeah. And I was wondering, as we wrap up this episode, if you could lead us in a closing prayer. Of course. In the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. Lord, I just thank you so much for this day, for this opportunity to speak with Rachel and to talk about the ways that you are working in our lives through art and through music and through our feminine genius. I just ask that for anyone who's listening, who is desiring to pursue something that they're afraid to do, but are in love with it, that you can just help them to trust you and help them to invite you into that work. And I just ask that you know, in whatever field that we are working in, that we can take more of the opportunity to just unite our work with you because you want to be a part of our lives. You want to be a part of the things that we do. And so help us to unite our hearts with you. Help us to follow your will and to be your servants and to evangelize to the whole world that we can bring people closer to Christ and build up the kingdom of Christ as well. And we ask this in your most holy name. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Teresa, thank you so much. Of course. My thanks again to Teresa Ambat for joining me on the show today. Please be sure to follow Teresa to learn more about her music and see the cool things that she's working on. You can follow her on Instagram at Teresa Ambat, and you can check out her website, TeresaAmbat.com. Be sure to also take a listen to Clumsy Candid Catholics, the podcast that Teresa co-hosts with her friends, Emma and Lorraine. I've listened to all of the episodes of their show to date, and it is a wonderful show. So please do check it out. They're a lot of fun, and you learn so much from these ladies. So you can listen to Clumsy Candid Catholics wherever you're listening to this podcast right now. And be sure to also follow them on Instagram at clumsy underscore candid. I've left links to these in the episode description below. And as mentioned, Teresa is the genius behind our new theme music. You'll be hearing her music from here on out on the show. And I am so, so grateful for her yes and her creativity. So again, a big thank you to Teresa for being on the show today and for sharing her talent and gift with us. 
You can stay up to date with the Feminine Genius Podcast by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We're at FemGeniusPod. And you can listen to this podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and many other platforms. All this information can be found on our website, FeminineGeniusPodcast.com. We'll talk to you soon, and God bless, always.